0: I'm making up for lost time.
1: Hello, welcome back to Yesterday Today, bringing you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm your host, Jake Westbrook, and with me is your exceptional co-host, McLean Westbrook. Exceptional? What are you taking exception with? Oh no, no, no! I'm just I'm introducing you. I'm not I'm not taking exception with you. That's that's. You said um... I was e- exceptional. I want to know what about me you take exception with. Hey, can we open the show some other way than with playful banter every week? It it just it feels kind of forced at this point. What's wrong with playful banter? It's ju- it's repetitive. It's it's. Well, have you got any other ideas? Look, we'll we we'll workshop it for next week. Uh... Today on the show, we're celebrating the most American of pastimes, baseball. Spring is in the air, and so is the old horsehide. It's so thrilling every year to see the baseball players make their annual return from hibernation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we have just the sort of programming to get you into a, uh, a three-strikes-in-your-out sort of mood around here. we got a couple of um, knocks on the door. That's we got. We got a knock on the door, and that's what we have. Uh, McLean, you want to you wanna get that? Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it! I'll get it! Hold me.
2: I'll answer it! I'll get it! I'll get it! I'll get it! I'll get it. Don't worry! I'll it. I up the
1: door! I got the door, guys! Don't worry! Yes. I'll get it! I got Dad, it! Yeah, calm down, Sydney. Since, since when were you so intent on answering the door? Since the love of my life happened to be the one knocking on it. <laughs> Maisie's, Maisie's here about a very important matter. <clears throat> Hello, dear.
3: Hi, everyone.
1: Oh, Maisie. Uh, good to see you. It's been a while. What are you. What are you doing here?
3: I came by to deliver wedding invitations.
1: Oh, wow. Hand-delivered wedding invitations?
3: Yeah, well, Sydney said he didn't know where you guys lived. (laughs) Why would I know
1: that? Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, you got the date set, huh?
3: Yep, June 24th, which is perfect because it's practically guaranteed to be nice weather. Yeah, and and it's early in the summer, too, so it, it won't be too hot for me. Sydney sweats easily when he makes lifetime commitments in public. Yeah,
1: it's a big problem. June 24th, that's awful soon. Uh, you guys gonna have everything ready by then?
3: Oh, sure. Sydney's farmer friend Virgil is letting us use his barn for the venue.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we, know, we know Virgil. We, we've been out there before.
3: Isn't it just the perfect spot for a rustic theme? I was thinking it'd be one of those down-home weddings you always see in the magazines. Which reminds me, Sydney, we have to go pick out centerpieces. Well, I'm a pretty handy guy. I could make us some centerpieces. Uh, that's sweet of you. Um, but why don't we let someone else take care of that?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, see you guys later. We're gonna go off and uh, do some very important wedding-type things. Uh-huh. Well, uh, yeah. Good luck with uh, Good luck with all that, and I'll see you. Yeah, and uh, congratulations and all that.
3: Thank you both. Bye!
1: Well, isn't that nice? Delightful. I'm very happy for them. Anyway, well, as I was saying, it's baseball season, so we have uh, some appropriate programming. This is an episode of uh, Fever McGee and Molly, their, uh, the 15-minute series, sort of at the end of the show's run. I believe this is actually from, I think, the last month or so of the show, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. But, uh, yep, here
4: we go. It's time for Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Sundays through Thursdays, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Before we get into our story, let's see what the McGees are talking about.
5: McGee tossed me that ball of yarn, low and outside, boy.
4: What's this low and
6: outside business?
5: <laughs> I'm getting hip to the baseball jargon that's in Prudential's new book, Baseball for Boys. Oh! You know, after reading Ed Matthews' article on how to bat, I bet even I could knock the cover off that old apple.
6: I can see myself explaining that to the
5: neighbors. <laughs> anyway, imagine what a kick junior ballplayers will get out of this wonderful Prudential baseball book.
6: Right. Big league stars like Brooklyn's Duke Snyder and the Phillies' Robin Roberts give straight-from-the-dugout tips on playing every position.
5: And how about those pictures, McGee? They're big and clear, and they really demonstrate things.
6: And Prudential's Baseball for Boys is a natural for Dad, too, to help him keep up with his son's favorite game.
5: Want your free copy real quick? Write a postcard with your name and address and the words Baseball for Boys on it.
6: Send it to Fibber McGee and Molly, Box 1212, Newark, New Jersey. That's Box 1212... Newark, New Jersey.
5: Or just ask your prudential agent.
6: So then the babe says to Gehrig Lou, he says, I still claim with a man on first and second and nobody out, the best thing to do against a left handed pitcher is single to deep left field.
2: Oh boy, way out there, what did Lou Gehrig say? Lou, what did he say?
6: Well, sir, they had quite a hot discussion about it till finally the babe stands up and he says, Look, what are you and me and Lefty Gomez sitting here arguing for when all we got to do is ask our old friend Fib here? He'll know, he says. Oh, boy. Naturally, all eyes turn to me. I knew the answer all along, of course, but... (laughs) Oh, hi, Molly. I I didn't see you standing there. Uh, Hi.
5: That's all right. Go on. I'm a baseball fan, too, Slugger. I'd love to hear about your big league experiences.
6: Yeah. Well, uh, it's getting kind of late, Teeny. You better run along. He home. was just
2: telling me about the good old days, Miss McGee, when he used to sit around the Yankee dugout. It's pretty late,
6: Teeny. Your mother's probably waiting. Oh for boy!
2: It. Look at what he gave me, Miss McGee. That he had in the attic—a baseball that he had autographed by a very dear friend of his. Look.
5: <coughs> hmm. Let's see. To the grand old man of baseball, Fibber McGee, from his good friend Babe Ruth.
6: Yeah. Well, now it's four o'clock, Teeny. You—you better go straight home now. Your mother's probably worried about you, Straight so... Straight
2: home, with a genuine Babe Ruth autographed baseball, are you kidding? Mm? <laughs> I'm going to show this to everybody, I betcha.
6: Oh, my gosh, I hadn't figured on you going Especially
2: around... Especially that big deal Willie Toops, him and his autographed movie star photos. <laughs> and I'm going to say to him, So what if you do have a picture signed by the original Ren 1010? I got a baseball signed by the original Babe Ruth.
6: Now, wait a minute, Teenie.
2: That's what I'll tell him, boy. Thanks, mister. This is wonderful.
5: Teenie! (laughs) Gone. Honestly, McGee, filling that child's head with those silly stories is just awful.
6: Well, gee whiz, Molly. I was just trying to make Teenie happy, that's all. So she's got an autographed baseball, and she thinks it was signed by Babe Ruth. So that's the main thing. She's happy. You know how kids are.
5: I sure do, kid.
6: When I said I used to sit around the Yankee dugout, she was just tickled to death. And if you could have saw the way her eyes lit up every time I mentioned Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or Christy Matthewson. Christy
5: Matheson? You sat around that Yankee dugout a long time, didn't oh, you? Oh, well... Yet it was around the early 1900s, if my information is correct, that Matthewson was burning them in. And for the giants at that... Well, Teeny don't care about technicalities like what team they were on. She just wants to hear... Archie boy! Be right there, Mr. Oldtimer. I better get dinner started. Oh, hi, daughter. Where will I put this box of
4: groceries? They're blocking my view, and I'm dying to get a look at the grand old man of baseball. (laughs) Anywhere's all right.
6: I guess you saw Tini with that baseball I gave her.
4: Oh, there you are, Taurus.
6: Oh, cut it out. If you mean Cobb, his name is Tyrus, not Taurus.
4: Well, I don't mean Cobb. I mean from the first of April to the last of September. Taurus, the bull. (laughs) <laughs>
5: Wait a minute. Are you sure you got those dates right? I always thought the Zodiac season... I'm talking
4: about the baseball season, daughter. If that doesn't bring out the bull and every red-blooded American male, I don't know what does. I'll go along with that. Hey, who do you think will win the National League pennant, Johnny?
6: Well, now, if you really want to know, I'll just tell you.
4: I figure Milwaukee's got a pretty good chance because... Milwaukee?
6: <laughs> Look, let me explain something to you about baseball all time. Tell him
5: about sitting around the Yankee dugout. I don't
6: mean that. I know baseball because I played baseball. I put in a whole season with Tara Hutt in the 3-I League one year.
5: Is that so?
6: Sit down, I'll tell you about it.
5: Molly, break out a couple of root beers, will you? Deary, I've got to fix dinner.
4: I don't mind if I do, daughter. If the root beer's good and cold, otherwise I'll just take a hot one. Played for Terry Hutt, did you, Johnny? Old-timer,
6: the year I played baseball in the 3-I League with Tara Hutt, I hung up a record that still stands. Eleven no-hit games in one season. Eleven no-hit games? Was that your pitching record? No, that was my batting record. But I'm telling you, boy, the way they play ball nowadays, if I was in there...
4: Back to Westville Vista in a minute. Are you saving as much money as you should... Economists say at least 5% of your regular paycheck should be set aside for the future. Now, here's a way you can do that without cutting corners on your day-to-day budget a bit. Join the payroll savings plan where you work. Have a few dollars set aside regularly in United States savings bonds. It's the easy, automatic way to save. Your employer saves it for you before every payday. He'll set aside any amount you save. Because it's money you never count on, you never miss it. And it accumulates almost without your knowing it. Your bonds are delivered automatically, too, one after the other. Before long, you'll have a collection of them. And remember, each United States savings bond you own pays back $4 for every three you put in. Extra bonus dollars to add to your own. Enjoy the feeling of security a regular savings plan gives you. Join the Payroll Savings Plan now.
6: How soon will dinner be ready, kiddo? I'm starved.
5: Well, if you hadn't autographed that baseball for Teenie, which got the old-timer started asking you questions, which got you started analyzing the entire history of baseball, it'd be ready right now, as it is another half hour.
6: I'll get it, kiddo. I'll get the door.
5: Good. I'll put the vegetables on.
6: Whoever this is, they're not going to bother Molly. I'm as hungry as a bear with a lockjaw and... Hi, Miss
5: Twiggy. Hi.
6: Well, hello, Teenie, you're back again. Uh Uh-oh, who's this?
2: This is uh, this is Montgomery, Montgomery Parks. He just moved on the block. Hi.
6: Hi. Well, he looks like a nice boy, bright and intelligent.
2: He doesn't believe this baseball you gave me was really autographed by Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't. Oh, some people think they're so smart. You don't know everything, Montgomery Parks. Well, uh, Mr. McGee used to be a baseball player, and he
7: sat around the Yankee dugout, and he knows more about baseball than you do, I bet you. I don't care. That baseball he gave you was not autographed by Babe Ruth. It's a phony. It is not. You're a phony.
2: No, no, ba- no,
6: no, 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 no. Take it easy, Tini. I'll, I'll handle this. Good. Now, look, son. You just can't go around making wild remarks that things which are cherished and sacred to people are phony. You have to have proof. And since it's pretty hard to prove at this late date, we might as well forget the...
7: see this, Mr. McGee? Uh, My dad got this baseball autographed a long time ago, and look who signed it for him. Babe Ruth.
6: Oh my gosh.
7: My dad's uncle is Connie Mack, and he took my dad to see Babe Ruth, and the Babe gave him this baseball. And even a child can see that somebody else signed Teenie's here. They did not. Your daddy don't even know Babe Ruth. He did too. Mr. McGee was his best friend. I don't care who else it is. Well,
2: my memory. Oh no, now no. wait
6: a minute. Hold You're... it, hold it, hold it. Hey, hey, knock it off. Break. Everybody to a neutral corner. Come in.
8: How do you do? I am looking for it. Oh, there you are, son.
7: Hi, Dad.
8: Say, I've been looking all over for you, son. Dinner's ready, and Mom's Hey, right... Dad,
7: you know that baseball you gave me that was autographed by Babe Ruth personally for Uncle Connie?
8: Sure, why?
7: Well, teeny has got one, too. Only the autographs are entirely different. See? So I was telling her and Mr. McGee now, about now, the time... Now, now,
6: hold, hold, hold it a minute, Montgomery. I, uh, I got something I want to talk to your dad about in the dining room here. Uh, come on in, will
8: you? Sure. Uh, you wait here, Monty. Mom's got dinner ready.
6: Now, wait a sec. Let me close the door so the kids don't... There. Now, look, Parks, I'm in a kind of a spot here. I didn't know what to tell the kids, and...
8: Well, I guess the truth is always best. I never should have signed Babe Ruth's name to that ball in the first place, but, well... Yeah, well, let that... Huh? After I started that myth about Connie Mack being my uncle, I had to stay with it. This will teach me a sad lesson.
6: What? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Huh? <laughs> Mine's a phony, too. <laughs> Looks like we both belong to the same bull club.
8: <laughs> well, this is a relief.
6: Yeah.
8: <laughs> I thought I was trapped. Now, look, I, I hope you'll be big about this, McGee. That little boy in there worships me, and I'd hate to have him think that his father is a big uh, uh, phony. Hey, now, wait a minute.
6: That little girl in there thinks I'm pretty big stuff, too. You don't think I'm going to be the pigeon on this deal, do you?
8: Hmm. Well, you've got a point, I guess. Gee, this sure is a mess. You
6: said it. Well, what are we going to do, Parks. You gotta keep them kids safe. Hey, hey, wait
8: a minute. I think I.
6: Yep. Yeah, I got a good idea, McGee. Come on. Uh, well, now what?
8: Well, uh, come on, Monty. We better get home to dinner.
7: Yeah, but, Dad, about the baseball. Babe Ruth's autograph.
8: Oh, that, yeah. Well, I never thought to mention this to you before, Monty, but the reason the babe signed his name different on those two balls was a kind of his injury. Injury? Injury? Oh, oh, yeah,
6: yeah, his injury.
8: You know, I'd forgotten all about it until right now, but the day that Uncle Connie took me to see the babe, he was wearing his arm in a sling, and he had to sign your ball there
6: with his other hand.
7: Oh. Oh, no wonder it looks different.
2: It's good, though. He rode good with his other hand.
6: Oh. This guy's a sly.
8: When now, I remember he apologized to me at the time, but I said, Babe, I don't care which hand you sign it with. Man, you could autograph this ball with your feet, and when I have a son, he'll be so
6: proud of it.
7: Oh, I am, too. Gee, autographed by Babe Ruth with his other hand.
6: Sure. I remember the whole thing, Monty, just like it was yesterday. I was out in the Yankee bullpen catching for Wade Hoyt while he limbered up, and the babe come over to me with his arm in a sling. Fib, he says to me, he says, I got an autograph of baseball for a friend of mine named Parks, Connie Mack's nephew, he says. And I don't know what to do with this arm in a sling, he says. So I says, well, sign it with the other hand, babe, I says. And, oh, you got to go?
8: Uh, yeah, my wife's waiting dinner. Uh, sure nice meeting you.
2: I better go, too. Thanks again for the genuine Babe Ruth autograph baseball, Mr. McGee. I'll take
7: good care of it. I'll take care of mine, too with
9: his other hand.
6: Yeah, you kids won't find many autographs like those two. They're real special. Well, goodbye.
4: (laughs) Fever and Molly will be right back. There's music in the air on NBC with singing favorites Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra. Dinah gives a lift to the day on the Dinah Shore show, and she takes a song, old or new, borrowed or blue, and gives it her own unique version. You'll enjoy the Dinah Shore show, a most relaxing musical quarter hour that will fast become a habit. You'll hear it Wednesdays on NBC. And in a different manner, Frank Sinatra combines his talents with a bit of easygoing chatter and a record or two to come up with a Frank Sinatra show. With Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra, there's sure to be music in the air over NBC on Wednesdays. And there's one more entertainer on Wednesdays who doesn't sing, but he makes the laugh meter jump, Groucho Marx. Groucho ad-libs his way through a maze of laughs and situations to bring you one of the funniest shows on the air. Join Groucho and enjoy life and play You Bet Your Life Wednesdays. You'll be glad you did. And remember, hear Fibber McGee and Molly mornings and evenings starting June 27th.
5: I'm certainly glad you children got that baseball mess worked out all right. Yeah. Hey, by the way,
6: talking about baseball, you know the big game they're having Saturday at the Muni Stadium? The Hawkeyes against the Eagles? Yes. I'll bet I can tell you the score of that game before it starts. You can? Yep. Nothing to nothing. <laughs> Don't you get it, kiddo? Nothing to nothing. That's the score of any ball game before it starts. Nothing to... Oh, tai th- ain't funny, McGee. Was when I told it in vaudeville. Have times changed that much? Oh, well. Good night.
5: Good night, all. Fibber,
4: McGee, and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer. Montgomery Parks was played by Richard Beals and his father by Jack Krusen. This is John Wall saying goodbye until tomorrow.
10: Join the great Gildersleeve and all his friends tonight on the NBC Radio Network.
11: Tuxedo Junction, from the current movie The Glenn Miller Story, has played in a new RCA Victor album by Glenn Miller himself. You'll find this Miller classic and seven other Glenn Miller hits in RCA Victor's new Glenn Miller Story album. Remember, only RCA Victor has the original Glenn Miller recordings.
12: We need a hit, so here I go.
13: Ball one. Then he's hit a good 12 more, joltin' Joe DiMaggio.
0: Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you one our side.
13: From coast to coast, that's all you'll hear of Joe, the one-man show. He's glorified the horse-hide sphere, joltin' Joe DiMaggio. Joe,
0: Joe DiMaggio, we want you one
13: our he lived live in baseball's Hall of Fame, he got there blow by blow. Our kids will tell their kids his name. Joke and Joe DiMaggio. We
0: dream of Joey with the line from back. Joe, Joe DiMaggio.
13: We want you on our side. Of how they stopped our Joe one night in Cleveland. Oh oh oh, goodbye, Street, DiMaggio.
0: Get wild root cream oil, Charlie keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get wild root cream oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie, keeping all the gals
12: away. Hiya, baldy. Get wild root right away.
11: Nobody has to tell you that a neat personal appearance can have a lot to do with helping you get ahead on the job. Now, the first step to a good appearance is well-groomed hair. And I mean hair that's groomed with Wild Root Cream Oil. Wild Root Cream Oil always grooms the hair neatly and naturally. It relieves dryness, removes loose dandruff. Yes, men, to look your best at all times, spruce up with Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Welcome back to Yesterday
1: Today. We're continuing our salute to America's national pastime. That's right, the great sport of baseball. I think I forget how much I miss baseball every year. Each spring, it's like an old friend coming back. Yeah, another sign of the changing seasons. There's nothing like spending a sunny afternoon at the ballpark, hot dog in one hand, a beer, or an unhealthily large tanker of soda in the other hand.
14: Hey, you guys talking about baseball?
1: Yo, the producer. You know, we should have had you on the show at the start. We're doing the baseball episode,
14: and uh, you're you're probably one of the biggest baseball fans around. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe the biggest Mets fan around. Hey, have I told you about how the Mets are doing this year? I believe you mentioned it once or twice. Well, I'll tell you again. The Metsies are doing just fantastic. That, Max Scherzer, is something else. If those umpires would stop planting the sticky stuff on them, he would be able to pitch more. His style reminds me of a little of myself when I pitched back in high school. Oh, you uh, played baseball back in high school? Of course. Where do you think I got my love of sunflower seeds from? I had to stop chewing tobacco since I kept swallowing it. Here, yeah, I have a bag of seeds with me right now. You want some? They're sour cream and onion flavored. I also have dill pickle if you're interested.
1: Uh, maybe later.
14: Well, you know, with enough practice, you can have a handful of seeds in your mouth, and the people listening won't even be able to tell. It takes a little bit to master the technique, don't get me wrong. But once you do... What's this? Oh, Maisie and Sydney dropped off wedding invitations. They, uh, set their... set the wedding date for June. Of course, of course, I know all about that. I'm Maisie's father. Boy, those two kids, what a pair they make, huh? That oh, sounds like you're taking it rather well. Oh, my pain is on the inside. Nothing I can do about it now. But say, how about those Mets? Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. Your, your wife. Say, you sure you don't want some of these sunflower seeds? I'm having some. I'm having some.
1: <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, next up on the show, we've got... Hey, uh, why don't
14: we get a little bad in practice going? I want to keep my pitching arm in shape.
1: Hey, you're spitting <laughs> seeds on the carpet.
14: Hey, sydney has got a vacuum, don't he? Right.
1: Next up is an episode of the Phil Harris Alice Fish Show.
14: fish in my game after Daryl Strawberry, the straw man. Yep, he, he brought the Mets two World Series championships... And he would have had more if it wasn't for those darn MLB crooks trying to get him in trouble over the
11: pitch bandwagon with Alice Faye and Phil Harris.
15: for hair that is dreamy soft like moonlight and glistening with romantic highlights, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. Fitch cream shampoo leaves hair romantically soft and shining. That's because it's made with two beneficial beauty aids, purified lanolin and the finest olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften your hair, to help overcome dryness. Olive oil is used to bring out the sparkling highlights to make hair glisten as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. And fragrant Fitch cream shampoo is so simple to use. Just a dab billows into clouds of rich lather in hard or soft water. Then to rinse, a swish of plain water and every trace of suds disappears. After shampooing, your hair is wonderfully soft and a joy to arrange. Fitch cream shampoo is economical too. Compare its size, compare its low cost. Ask for it at Drug and Toilet Goods counters. That's Fitch Cream Shampoo for hair that's soft like moonlight and shining like bright starlight.
11: The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Fay and Phil Harris. this is the time of year when fathers all over America are teaching their young sons how to play baseball. Not having any sons, Phil is forced to do his duty with daughters. And so, as we look in on the Harris backyard, we find Alice and the two children reluctantly taking baseball instructions.
16: Now look, I know you women can't play baseball as well as us men, but I'm going to try and teach you anyway.
17: Oh, Phil, I don't think the children are interested in baseball No,
7: Daddy, we want to play with our dolls
16: Forget the dolls Now, come on, baby Alice, you pitch it in And I'll show you how to knock that horse hide over the fence
17: Do you want me to be the catcher, Phil?
16: If you want to (laughs) Won't be necessary, it'll never get by me Now, look, baby Alice, you better throw it as hard as you can Or it won't even reach the plate
17: All right, Daddy Come on, baby Breeze it in close And let her high This guy's a sucker For an inside curve
16: Well, get a load Of the Bill Dickey Of Encino <laughs> All
17: right,
16: come on, baby Now throw it And throw it fast
7: Okay Here it comes
16: Steer right How was that, Daddy? Thank you, Bob Feller <laughs> Hey, look, baby Alice, throw it a little easier because I don't want you to strain your little arm. Now, uh, now let's try it again.
9: Steer right. Hmm,
16: How can you hit it when you can't see it?
7: Shall I throw another one in, Daddy? Uh, uh,
16: no, uh, look, uh, baby Alice, let, let Phyllis throw it this time. She's smaller and a little weaker. Phyllis, uh, you don't throw as fast as Alice, do you?
7: Only when I bear down and burn them in. (laughs) Then they sizzle over the platter like a jet job.
16: (laughs) Oh, uh, well, what are we waiting for? Get out your dolls if we're gonna play with them.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goody, we can play house now. Daddy, you can be the papa. Here, hold this doll.
16: Okay, okay. Better than getting my brains knocked out with her fast ball. <laughs> All right, kids. I'm holding the doll. Now what? Hi, kids. Hello, Alice. Hi, hello,
9: hello, Uncle, Uncle Frankie. Frankie.
16: Oh, hello,
10: Frankie. Hi, Curly. What you got in your arms? <laughs> A doll. Oh. Should I go home and get mine? <laughs> Frankie, come back here It won't take but a minute
16: <laughs>
10: You see, I'm Little Red Riding Hood And I left it
16: at my grandmama <laughs>
9: All
16: right, all right I was playing with the children Hey, look, girls You can run along now And play with the kids next door I want to talk to your Uncle Frankie I had to play with dolls Because the girls didn't want to play baseball You know how girls are What's your own fault for
10: having girls? <laughs> I told you to have boys, but did you listen to me? No. You
16: had to go out and get girls. Well, don't blame me. It's Alice's fault. She does all the shopping for the family.
17: I couldn't be choosy, fellas. I got them during the war when there was a shortage of materials. Hey, Remley. Huh? Hey, uh, hey, as
16: long as you're here, uh, you and I can play ball. Okay, let's have a catch. You peg a fast one to me, Curly. You ready? Set like a nurse's cat. (laughs) Hey, Alice. Hey, Alice, come here. Watch the way men play this game. Oh, no, thanks. I'm going in the house. All right, go ahead. We'll have fun. Hey, Frankie, catch this one now. Here it comes. Mm. It's too high, Curly. Uh, Alice, look out. Oh. Oh. Hey, Curly, you hit her right in the head. Oh, no. Alice. 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 Oh, Alice, are you all right,
10: honey? She looks all right, Curly. There's no bump on her head. Must have just stunned her a little. Alice,
16: Alice, say something. Speak to me.
17: Uh, Oh, my poor head. Oh, my poor head feels twice its size. Oh,
16: sure. I know how you feel, honey. I used to have a head like that almost every morning. (laughs) Thank goodness you're all right, Alice. Yeah, honey, you're going to be all right. Wait a minute, I'll help you up. There.
17: Oh, thank you, kind sir. It's awfully nice of you two strangers to help me. Oh,
16: that's all right, I...
9: <laughs>
16: strangers? ha! Oh, come on, stop your kidding, Alice. This is Frankie, and I'm Phil.
17: Phil? Phil who?
16: I'm Phil Harris. Don't you know me? Phil Harris.
17: I'm sorry, but... The name means nothing to me Hey, Curly, that wallop
10: must have affected her
16: Yeah, when the name Phil Harris means nothing to a dame, she's in trouble (laughs) (laughs) Hey, come on, we better call a doctor
12: (laughs) Oh, hello, Doc, how is she? Yeah, Doc, Zalas can be all right. Yes, yes, she's all right. There's oh. absolutely nothing to worry about, Mr. Harris. Oh, thank goodness. But, Doc, uh, she didn't seem to know me. I know, I know. You see, the blow struck the cerebellum, causing the medulla to distend, which resulted in a pressure on the oblongata, bringing about a lacuna condition, more commonly known as retrograde amnesia. Oh, brother, are we going to get a bill for this one? <laughs> hey, Doc. Hey, what does that mean? Well, it's just a simple amnesia Causing a temporary loss of memory Concerning certain events in her life She'll snap out of it by tomorrow But, Doc, she doesn't seem to remember me No, no, her married life Is one of the episodes that's blacked out It's a subconscious desire To escape an unhappy experience (laughs)
9: Wait
16: a minute, Doc. That's impossible. How could any woman be unhappy with me?
12: Yes. <laughs> well, I'll be running along. Be very patient with Mrs. Harris. Humor her, and she'll get around to remembering you. Good day. All right, thanks, Doc. Hey, Frankie. Hmm?
16: I think that doctor knows what he's talking about. Alice, possibly. It's, uh... She could, well, she couldn't forget that she's married to me, and I'm going to prove it to you. Now let's go in the room. I want to talk to her. All Come right. on, Alice. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, you okay?
17: Oh, I feel fine, thank you.
16: <laughs> sure. I knew she's going to be all right, Frankie.
17: Sure.
16: Hey, Alice, you remember me, don't you?
17: Oh, of course. You're the kind old gentleman who helped me. <laughs> Alice,
16: I'm not a kind old gentleman I'm your loving husband, the one who beans you with a baseball
17: Husband? You must be mistaken, sir, I'm not married to you
16: Well, this is a fine time to tell me after we have two children (laughs) Children? Yeah, children,
10: you got two of them Are you one of them?
17: (laughs) Of course not Thank goodness Please, gentlemen, you're just trying to confuse me I'm not married. I don't have children. I'm too busy with my movie career. Tomorrow, I'm, st- I'm to star in Alexander's Ragtime Band.
16: Frankie, she's living in the past.
17: <laughs> and besides, I'm too young to get married.
16: Oh, she's really living in the past. <laughs>
9: hey,
16: look, I gotta try to refresh your memory. Look, Alice, now look. Alice... Look at me. I'm the man you're madly in love with.
17: Oh, you've shaved off your mustache, Sam. Alice, I am not.
16: She never told me nothing about no Sam. (laughs) Look, Alice, listen. You've got to remember me. Now, now, now look at me. Mm -hmm. Now concentrate. Mm -hmm. I'm Phil Harris. F I L. Phil Harris. (laughs) Alice, look. Now look at me. Look at my curly hair. Nobody else has curly hair like this. Rub your fingers through it. Notice the texture. As though it had been brushed. And brushed. And brushed. And brushed. Now, doesn't that remind you of something?
17: Yes. I think I'll have shredded wheat for breakfast.
9: (laughs) Well, that's
16: what she thinks of my hair, and to think I was going to give her a lock of it for Mother's Day. Oh, Frankie, there must be some way I can make her remember. I can't... Hey, wait a minute. What? Hey, I got it. I got it. I'll sing to her. The sound of my voice ought to do something to her. Yeah. Always does something to me. (laughs) My voice will have an effect on her mind. Well, that ain't where it affects me, but try it anyway. (laughs) Hey, Alice, look. Now listen to this. Just close your eyes and listen. I'm going to sing the same song I sang to you when I was courting you. Now remember this romantic ballad? (laughs) And I sing with delight As I spend most the night beneath that billowy ocean with you Last night, I dreamed that I was down in the bottom of the sea, down in that salty water. And I'm at a maiden fair who had a cottage there, little FHA job, three-room layout. But she had the tail of a fish for a train, but whoa now, whoa, how that gal could entertain. And what a time I had with Minnie, the mermaid, down in the bottom of the sea. I lost all my troubles in amongst the bubbles Why, she was just as sweet as she could be And every night when the starfish came out I hugged and kissed her so Whoa, whoa, what a time I had with Minnie the mermaid Down in the bottom of the sea Oh, down in the bottom of the sea Whoa, what a time I had with Minnie the mermaid Down in the bottom of the sea I lost all my troubles in amongst the bubbles That Minnie made a sucker out of me And every night when the starfish came out I hugged and kissed her so What a time I had with Minnie the mermaid Down in her seaweed bungalow Down in her seaweed bungalow Many brave hearts are asleep in the deep So beware, beware.
10: That's the love song you sang when you were her? Yeah. I wonder she wants to forget you. Nobody's
16: asking you, Alice. Did my did my singing mean anything to you, honey? Uh, uh, how'd you like it?
17: Oh, I thought it was heavenly.
16: Heavenly. Oh, what a
10: sense of direction.
9: <laughs> the, song,
17: the song was very nice, but it didn't remind me of anything, Mister. Mister. What is your name again?
16: Harris, Phil
17: Harris Oh yes, yes Well thank you very much for helping me And if you're ever in the neighborhood Do drop in Mr. Paris And uh, bring your friend along Mr. Mr. What's your name? I'm sorry, sir
16: Hemley (laughs) Listen Hemley, stay out of this just a minute, will you? Hey wait, hey I got it What? I know how to make her remember me I'll kiss her, that's what I'll do That'll do it. What makes you so sure? It never misses..
9: <laughs>
16: Let me tell you something, Mr. Hemley. There ain't nothing as invigorating as a kissola from hot lips, Harris. Hey, Alice, come here and pucker up While I plant a kiss on those luscious lips
17: Now, please, sir I never let a strange man kiss me You're
16: my wife, and I'm gonna kiss you
17: Please, Mr. Paris, don't Now, please Now, don't please fight me Don't, do don't fight
16: me I'm going I... to plant a kiss on you That'll make you remember Come over Oh There,
17: <laughs> there how is that? If that's planting, brother You need farm relief <laughs>
16: Could I be losing my grip, Mr. Ham? <laughs> that used to plow her under. Maybe you better rotate your crops, girl.
9: <laughs>
16: Come on, Remley, let's leave her alone. Remley, rest- when you have the time. <laughs> The rest will probably do her good There's no use to talk to her now She probably needs rest Come on, see you later, Alice
17: Yes, and yes, it called me sometime But not this week Because I'm dated every night Bye-bye
16: <laughs> Hey, Frankie, hmm? did you hear that last crack? Bye-bye? No <laughs> Did you hear what she If I don't bring her memory back She'll start going out with other men Oh, Frankie, it's all my fault Why did Alice have to be the one who got hit? Why couldn't it have been somebody else like me or you or...
3: Good morning, (laughs) Philip
16: Or better yet, him
10: Where's Alice?
16: She's lying down Yeah, Curly hit her with a baseball bat I didn't hit her with a bat I just conked her with a baseball
3: You struck my sister? I always suspected you were a wife beater, you sadistic beast.
16: Now, William, wait a minute. It was an Don't accident. Don't talk
3: I... to me, you bully. Oh, if it wasn't for my dislocated sacroiliac, I'd take you out in the alley and teach you a lesson you'd never forget as long as you live.
9: Get
16: lost or I'll breathe on you. I am trying to tell you I didn't do it on purpose. The ball accidentally hit her. Yeah, she'll be all right. The
10: doctor was here, and he said she's suffering from temporary amnesia.
3: Oh, my poor sister.
10: That's awful. Yeah, there are parts of her life she doesn't remember at
3: all. <gasps>
9: How horrible.
3: I, I feel positively miserable about this.
16: Yeah, but that ain't all. She doesn't remember anything about being married. She doesn't even remember me.
1: Oh, you're just saying that to cheer me up.
9: <laughs> now,
11: now, now, where is Alice? I want to see her Now,
16: wait, wait, wait The doctor said nobody else can see her I'll take care of her You just go home, Willie, and leave everything to me I'll take care of well,
3: her Very well But call me later now and let me know how she is Goodbye, Philip
16: Hey, Curly Maybe you should have let Alice
10: see Willie She might have remembered him Don't be silly
9: What?
16: That's absurd how could she remember An unpleasant thing like him And forget a beautiful thing like me Gosh, Frankie There must be some Are way Are you
17: two gentlemen still here? I'll have to insist that you leave
16: I am not leaving You're my wife And I
17: refuse Curly, Curly, to get
10: Curly, Curly, you're handling this the wrong way The doctor said we should humor her Let's go outside Maybe we'll think of some way To bring her around No Okay
16: We'll leave
17: Goodbye I want to be alone (laughs) Oh dear The cranks we movie stars have to put up with (laughs) Which reminds me I'm starting a picture tomorrow And I haven't rehearsed my song yet (gasps) Daryl will be furious Oh my honey, oh my honey better hurry and let's meander ain't you going ain't you going to the leader man ragged leader man oh my honey oh my honey let me take you to alexander's grandstand brass band ain't you coming along Come on in here, come on in here, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Come on in here, come on in here, it's the best band in the land. They could play a bugle call like you never heard before, so natural that you want to go to war. That's just the best. To band what I am, oh my honey lamb, come on along, come on along, let me take you by the hand, up to the man, up to the man, who's the leader of the band, and if you care to hear the Swanee River played, in ragtime, come on and here, come on and hear Alexander's Ragtime Band.
0: Come on in here, come on in here, Alexander's ragtime band. Come on in here, come on in here, it's the best band
17: in the land. They can play a bugle call like you never heard before. So natural, like you wanna go to war. That's just the bestest band what I am. Oh, my honey lamb, come on along, come on along, let me take you by the hand. Up to the man, up to the man. Of the bank, and if you care to hear the Swanee river play in rag time, come on and hear, come on and hear,
9: Alexander's ragtime.
16: Fine thing Chased out of my own house Alice won't let me in And now I got to sit Out in front here Frankie, what am I gonna do? She may never remember me Wait a minute, Curly I once read
10: someplace That a sudden shock Can cure amnesia If something awful Were happening to you A
16: wife's normal
10: instinct Would be to go to the aid Of her husband
16: Ah, stop it What awful thing Could be happening to me? I'll think of something
10: (laughs) Let's see It's gotta be good and gory Or it won't work
16: what could be happening to you? Well, I could commit Harry Carey with a dull shoehorn. <laughs> that ain't practical. I got it. We'll ring the bell,
10: and when Alice answers the door, I'll be throttling you to death. That's practical. No, i just pretend to choke it, Curly. I'll put my hands around your neck and squeeze gently.
16: Well, like right. this. Like that, huh? Yeah. Oh, if you promise to do it gently now, huh?
10: Gently Gently Okay Now lie down on the stoop and yell like you're being hurt Let's try it once All right, throttle Ready (laughs) Help Help You kidding? Louder, Curly, louder Help That's it Help
18: Mr. Limley, stop it What are you doing to that poor, broken-down panhandler? (laughs) Uh,
10: He ain't a panhandler, Julius It's Mr. Harris, and I'm choking him
18: Oh, need any help? (laughs) <laughs> Looks like fun no,
10: I'm not choking him for fun I'm doing it for Mrs. Harris's sake
18: That's gratitude for you After all the things I've done for her You'd think she'd give me the job
16: <laughs> Look, Junior, will you go away? Now you're gonna spoil everything
18: Hey, you're doing a very sloppy job, Mr. Emily He's still able to talk
16: <laughs> Look, Julius, Frankie's doing this Because Mrs. Harris lost her memory And we're trying to shock her back to normal
18: She lost her memory? Oh, my poor soulmate How did it happen?
16: I hit her with a baseball
18: You hit her? You struck the girl in my dreams? For that, you're gonna answer to me Put up your dukes, Mac (laughs) Go
16: back to the market and box the apples, kid Now, leave me alone I feel bad enough as it is Alice has amnesia And she doesn't remember that she's married to me (laughs)
18: What a wonderful disease (laughs) This is the opportune moment for me to see Miss Faye Where is she? Now, wait
16: a minute, you can't see her Because it won't do any good anyway Because she won't remember you
18: Well, I don't care, I want to see her anyway What's all this racket out here? Miss
9: Faye
17: Hello, Julius (laughs) Hey, she knows him Yeah, she's starting to remember Remember what, Frankie?
16: Oh, 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 she knows you, too, Frankie. Yeah. Yeah, she's all right. She's okay now. Sure. She knows everybody. You know me, too, don't you, honey?
17: Yes. You're the kind old gentleman. I am.
16: (laughs) I am not the kind old gentleman. Who is that old man, anyway?
17: Julius, tell this man I'm not married to him.
18: Of course you're not. You're engaged to me, soulmate, and we're eloping tomorrow
16: Now look, Julius, you better cut that out, do you hear me? What are you trying to do, take advantage of her loss of memory?
18: You said it, (laughs) Mac
16: You better get away from me, kid (laughs) You better move back (laughs) Look, Alice, I'm gonna make you remember Oh, why force it, Curly? The doctor said she'd be okay by tomorrow I ain't gonna wait Now look, Alice, I'm gonna try to refresh your memory Now let's go back to the time we met It was at the Coconut Grove.
17: Coconut Grove? What? Sounds familiar.
16: Of course it does. Now listen. I was leading my band and singing, and you were standing there looking at me adoringly. Now, now, do you remember that?
17: Yes. Yes, you were singing.
16: Now you're getting it, honey. That's it. That's right. I was singing. A handsome, curly-headed band leader that all the girls were crazy about.
17: Wait. Wait, it's coming back. You're my curly-headed bandleader. How could I ever forget you? Alice. Kiss me, Rudy. Oh!
16: Oh, no! Anybody but that! Vincent Lopez, Isom Jones, John Philip Sousa, but not that!
11: Bill will be back in just a moment. No shampoo in a tube. No shampoo in a jar. And no other shampoo in a bottle leaves your hair so completely dandruff-free as Fitch. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fitch is the only shampoo specifically made to remove dandruff. Leading medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind other people see. The second type clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind you can feel. And Fitch is guaranteed to remove both kinds of dandruff completely. So be free of all embarrassing dandruff with Fitch. Fitch is the only shampoo made that's guaranteed to remove dandruff with the first application. And the Fitch guarantee is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. Remember, no shampoo in a tube, no shampoo in a jar. And no other shampoo in a bottle leaves your hair so completely dandruff-free as Fitch. So switch to Fitch. Use it regularly each week. At drug counters, barber, and beauty shops, ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. The Rexall Original One-Cent Sale starts a week from today. So don't you fail to shop at this Rexall Jamboree and take the advice of our Peggy Lee.
17: At Rexall's Original One-Cent Sale, you can save dollar bills by the peck and pail. This kind of shopping you'll sure enjoy at Rexall's Original. Uh,
18: Take it, Roy!
11: Two for the price that you pay for one, plus a penny more. And it's a lot of fun. A week from today, come and say, gimme, gimme, at Rexall's Original.
16: Take it, Jimmy. At Rexall's Original, one-cent sale, you save your dough on a
0: stupendous scale. It helps put inflation back on the skids. At Rexall's Original. Take it, kids. At Rexall's original one-cent sale, the bargains there are big as a whale. And that quite effectively tells the tale of Rexall's
16: original one-cent sale. Good health to all from Rexall.
1: Hey, welcome back to yesterday, today. We're outside in the alley by the studio at the moment.
14: Uh, as we. Uh... As you need to get your respective rears in gear and get out there on the diamond. Go on, run a baseline. Then run to the other one. And any the other one. As our producer forces us to practice baseball for some reason. Come on, you miss 100% of the balls you don't swing at. Them. Let's go! Alright, alright. Come on, McLean. Do we have to? Baseball
1: and begonias are the only two things keeping the producer sane right now while. Well, Amazing Sydney are planning the wedding. If if us playing catch with him helps him cope with everything, then then so be it. It's a trade off I'm willing to make. Fine. Well, if you want more
14: yesterday today, visit kisu.org or wherever you get your slugging, base running, sliding podcasts. Hey, hey, come on! Put a fistful of seeds in your mouth and get some dirt in your eyes. Out on the field, move it! <music> Meet the Mets,
0: meet the Mets, step right up and greet the Mets, bring your kitties, bring your wife, guaranteed to have the time of your life, because the Mets are really socking the ball, knocking those home runs. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. Oh, they're hollering and cheering and they're jumping in their seats. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. All the fans are true to the orange and blue. So hurry up and come on down. Cause we got ourselves on. Up and greet the Met.